Welcome to the Bards of Existence podcast, hosted by TJ and Wes, a couple of 80s kids who really just don't know how to stop talking. This is Wes. It's the imperfections is what endears you to a lot of these people. Like, it's the imperfect. You know, we're talking about Harrison Ford's itch and his run. Or This is TJ. You don't look like you belong in a bikini wrapped around a job of the hut. (laughs) And they have a lot to say about everything. Let's join in media's res. So, but even though, so like going to episode seven, right, with the, J.J. Abrams, and so that yeah. was like one of the weird things about the like the mid twenties, mid mid tw- you know two thousand whatever, is that Abrams was doing both Star Trek and Star Wars at the same time. Time, yeah. and I'm like, no, that's that's just wrong. That that should not be because it's not that they can't mix; it's that they're two completely different paradigms. Um, but you know, so Abrams was like, yeah, man, we're gonna have as much like practical effects as possible, and you know, so that was like this big thing that he was like, yeah, it's it's going to be like you know robots and puppets and like real practical effects and then the story sucked it was just a rehash of you know star wars and i'm like you know we're i we're we can either have a a good story or you know actually i'm not even sure you know i'm not sure what a good story is anymore but maybe i'm just you know getting you know know, again just an old man an old cranky man same sort of thing about the way you know, the, the new generation's thinking my, my daughter comes in, I'm flipping through. My wife is just done with movies that make you think too much. And so we're scrolling through and we, we watched that movie. Uh, it's a newer movie with uh, Julia Roberts, George Clooney, and they're like divorced and they're going to like salvage their, they're, they're trying to prevent their daughter from getting married to like mm. some boy on Fiji or something like that, or in Indonesia. And, uh, we're like, okay, kids, let's all get in and watch this. And I don't really care. I'll watch whatever. And about 10 minutes in my oldest daughter is like, you know, this is happening. That's going to happen next. This is going to happen next. Like, this is just so cliched. I'm out and like goes and watches her anime on her computer. But, and it's like, as the movie played out, yes, every one yeah. of those cliches played out. Yeah, and I'm but, like, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, I know that my Chick-fil-A sandwich is going to taste like a Chick-fil-A sandwich and I still eat it. Uh, yeah, but, you know, not not to not to push back on your daughter's perspective, though, right? You know, you know, she went and watched her anime. Have you seen anime? I mean, you know, there's nothing less formulaic um, than, than anime, <laughs> you know. I, it's, it's, you know, it, it's all pretty, it's all, it follows a pretty clear, you know, path. I mean, there might be some, you know, weird diversions here and there, but no, it's, there's, there's no, you know, there's no, oh, wow, shock twist ending yeah. know, kind of thing in anime. <laughs> but I mean, if, you know, if, if George Clooney and, and Julie Roberts, you know, isn't your cup of tea, I, I get that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> and then, and then, you know, the movie starts uh, other funny anecdotes the movie starts and the first thing out of my wife's mouth is like, Oh God, Julia Roberts looks so old. And I'm like, cut her some freaking slack. She's old. I mean, what? (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) But I I see that. Like, I'm not sitting there. The first thing I'm thinking is not like George Clooney still looks 60 years old. Like he has for the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh, We don't care so much about that, but uh, 
man, women, women are just harsh about appearance. Like they, they hone in real quick. Like, Oh man, she looks old. Like cut her some slack. Well, so that was the thing about Carrie Fisher in episode seven, right? Is that, uh, yeah, everyone like gave her a bunch of crap about, you know, they're like, you don't look like, you know, you don't look like you belong in a bikini, you know, wrapped around a, you know, job of the hut. And she's like, that was 40 years ago, man. Or I guess 30, you know, 35 years ago at that point. Or yeah. whatever. And she's like, what do you want? You know, what, what's your problem, man? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not fair because, you know, Harrison Ford, you know, had obviously aged since, you know, since the original star Wars trilogy, uh, but no one cared. No one cared about, you know, about Harrison Ford, like, Oh, it's Harrison Ford. Yeah. Of course, Peter Mayhew, um, you know, as Chewbacca, I think, um, I think he died either, you know, around the time that, that episode seven was released. So they had to find like another, like seven foot five dude with blue eyes. And, you know, they're like, we're, we're not even sure where to start looking, uh, to find, you know, to find the dude. Uh, but they found, you know, some guy in like, you know, Norway or something. Um, but yeah. And in a similar way, Harrison Ford, his runs, like, he was 80 years old ever since he was like 28 or whatever. Like, well, the, the limp, he's got that, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the hitch, it's not really a limp. It's more of a hitch. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like a trademark thing. And I mean, that's what happens when you spend, you know, when you start your career as a carpenter and then, you know, transition over to, uh, uh, to being an actor. I think Jonathan Frakes, uh, from, you know, star, star Trek, um, you know, Riker. Um, I oh, think yeah. he had, yeah, I think he had the same thing. Everyone's, if you go back and look at the original, at Star Trek, the next generation in the eighties, um, he always had these weird poses, right. You know, where he's kind of like, you know, leg up on yeah. something and kind of bent over kind of weird. And yeah. it turns out it's because he had like chronic back problems from, you know, from, from stuff. Who was it? Uh, trying oh, to think. And, um, Ricardo Montalban Khan, right. Yeah. From, you know, from the original oh, series and, it. yeah. And, you know, from wrath of Khan, so they only showed him in like three or four shots. Of course, you know, bare chested and, you know, and stuff. Uh, but I'm trying to remember what the story was. They, they never showed him actually walking around, you know, as always, he was just kind of standing there static. And I think the, you know, what had happened was he really just, he couldn't move around very much, like not very well. And yeah. so they're like, you know, we can work around this just by, you know, having you, you know, glare menacingly and bare chested at the, at the screen. Yeah. And that works. I mean, that works fine. The, the funny thing too is, if you've uh, if you've met people, if you've met like actors or whatnot in real life, the thing you start noticing is again, it's back to that concept of reality and per, not reality, but perfection versus idiosyncrasy, mm-hmm. and it's the imperfections is what endears you to a lot of these people. Like it's the imperfect. You know, we're talking about Harrison Ford's yeah. itch and his run, or yeah. we're Steve way- Buscemi all you know, Steve Buscemi all the way around. Yeah, you know. <laughs> or, you- or or Christopher Walken and his funny talk. Yeah, where he well, pauses and, weird. Well, so there, yeah, th- those are you know, those are endearing traits. But then, if you want something that you know, you're never going to be able to unsee um, <laughs> for for real. So Tom Cruise. Um, I mean, first of all, Tom Cruise is actually, you know, three and a half feet tall. No one actually. Yeah. Know, um, but, oh, I got a funny one about that. Go ahead. But, but look at, look at Tom Cruise's face and the gap between his two front teeth, right. Um, yeah. Is, is not, it's not in line with his nose. Uh, so like his, like one of his teeth is centered under his nose. 
So mm-hmm. like when he smiles, you can see that if you, if you draw a line straight, like from the, the forehead, you know, you know, with bilateral symmetry down through the, you know, between the eyes, down the nose, split the nostrils, you know, through the yeah. little cleft there, it goes like straight through a tooth as opposed to in the, in the hmm. gap between teeth. And his, you know, no one, you, you don't pick that up. You don't pick up on that until you're actually looking for it. And then you're like, that's can't just unsee you, it. You cannot unsee, you know, was, Tom was, Cruise's face. You're, you're picking on poor Tom's uh, height, which hasn't held him down. I don't it think not, at all. It is not like, I absolutely, uh, one of my favorite things to laugh at in the movie that I think everyone in our demographic loves, which is tombstone. Uh, Tombstone's impossible to not watch at any time. It's on TV. I'll just watch all the commercials and watch it. I can't help myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a scene where, you know, Kurt Russell's the same way. Kurt's like five foot three or something. There's a scene and they do a very good job. Like he did a lot of the directing, I think in the movie because the directors had issues and one of them died or whatever. But anyway, there's a scene in the movie where he like comes out and meets the, I forget her name, the actress. Uh, and he like comes out and he's on the porch and comes like walks down the porch and you can see by the perspective, like that dude is so short. Like he's like Prince height. It's just hilarious. Like you're supposed to be the big macho, you know, yeah, wide yeah. herb. And then he's like five feet tall in that scene that like they, they slipped up. Well, so, so that's, you know, that, so if you look at the movie Patton, right. Uh, with George C. Scott, you know, yeah. going, you know, going back a generation really. And, you know, so, uh, uh, one of the guys I used to work with, I guess his, his dad actually served not, I don't think under Patton in world war two, but you know, at some other point. Uh, but you know, he said, yeah, George C. Scott made a much better Patton than Patton did. Uh, because <laughs> like the, the actual, you know, the actual real Patton, you know, was a little shorter, had more of a squeaky voice. You know, it, it wasn't this, you know, imposing figure that, you know, yeah. could get up and give, you know, this amazing um, monologue in front of a giant American flag. You know, it was more, you know, it, it was just, it was more, you know, more what you would expect from, you know, from reality, you know, kind of kicking in. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, the, uh, you know, Tombstone is one of those movies that, you know, is, you know, eminently quotable. Uh, just oh, because, yes. you know, yes. I, I, I'm your Huckleberry. That's all you have to yeah. say. And everyone, you know, automatically knows, you know, what's going and on. I, 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 I don't know what exactly at the bottom of it is. I feel like it's like, you know, rough justice or something like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, so it's, it's, it's historical, but, you know, obviously there's still liberties taken with it. It's not exactly how it happened. Yeah. Um, but I think I think the performances of all the actors, you know, really, you know, it's a great Val Kilmer role. Um, mm. You know, it's a great Michael Bean role. Um, and this oh, is yeah, fantastic. You know, so I, I love Michael Bean, you know, because he's you know, he's kind of a sleeper. But everybody that if you know him, you know him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's tough to decide between that role or, you know, um, Terminator yeah. or, you know, uh, The Abyss or, you know, it's just those are it's those are great roles. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's just like you said, eminently, uh, you know, eminently knowable. Yeah. Or, I guess aliens, I, right? So yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned aliens. I, I actually was watching an old interview during the aliens period with uh, 
an interview with Sigourney Weaver. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, they just, they don't, they don't make people like that anymore. Like her behavior, the charm, she like exudes this infectious charisma. charisma. Like people don't have that anymore. It seems like, I, 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 I mean, we do, but. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, but, uh, other, other than us, other than us. But uh, well, so who are who are the movie stars? I think that's I've I've heard that we've like we're at the end well, of you know the, the 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 end of the movie star. And yes. Who who, yeah. who are the movie stars now? And, and I don't mean like you know you, like Julia Roberts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. George Clooney. Okay. Tom yeah. Cruise. Okay. Everyone you're mentioning has been a movie star for literal decades at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like Robert Downey Jr. was a movie star and then was kind of not. And then, you know, now yeah. is arguably it's like, one of the most recognizable movie oh, yeah. stars. You know, I guess like Chris Hemsworth would be, you know, someone that would kind of say is, you know, a, a current movie yeah. star. Uh, yeah. But, they, but who are the who are the real movie stars? Now? Yeah, I think, you know, the, it's like the rock sort of, uh, you know, but you look comparative sort of genre like you you try to stack you could still dig arnie you could still dig schwarzenegger out and he'll be a bigger draw i think as that he's the muscle guy or whatever or well but or then the rock is Stallone still or whatever the like, rock yeah. is you're still talking about someone who's been doing this for for decades yeah yeah he's been doing it a long time like yeah, yeah i mean his his first his first role was in uh mummy 2 as the scorpion king right i mean yeah you know, so that was you know twenty years ago. So yeah. it, it's with people probably, who've been around with the the probably one of the most fantastic CGI moments of all time, as we all know. But uh, yeah, it's it's like they uh, they forgot they had to do that part, and it was like <laughs> due the next day. And you know they were like, "Well, what what do we do now?" It it's was, like open MS Paint, yeah. and we'll we'll do the I best mean, we can. I mean, I, I think I think my. Uh, you know, my 13 year old son could have like done stop motion Legos a little more believable. <laughs> believable. Uh, yeah. That was, that was terrible. Um, I hope, but I yeah, hope, it, I, hope, it, I hope Dwayne Johnson sued them over, yeah, know, it, over yeah. that, you know, the, the way he looked in the, in that CGI sequence. It, it It's so funny to, uh, but yeah, that the, the I think I early... like Jennifer Lawrence, you know, is she, yeah. you know, uh, Jessica Chastain. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who, you know, who we consider to be our, our current, you know, real by golly movie stars. Um, yeah. You know, Timothy I, Chalamet, I guess is, is sort of like, I, I, I think but, part of it too. I think part of it too, if you go back and look at, you know, traditional stars, I think a part of it also has to do with understanding that, you know, their own life, their personal life, is is sacrificed into being the you know you, you you're you're doing that for the public's sake and so nowadays everybody wants to be tweeting and you know way too much about the politics of everybody and whatnot and you go back historically i think a lot of those uh actors and actresses knew that they were having to, they were selling themselves as a product. Sure. And you want to maximize the demographic that you hit. So you want to be charismatic. You want to be, uh, you want to maintain some sort of allure, uh, of the public. 
so they were much more careful, I think, about, and I don't know if that's like the, uh, you know, their own management and the management controlling them and like, here's how you want to behave or whatnot. Uh, See, I, I would argue that, you know, that's probably, you know, a, a better, a healthier way to, to, to live your life, right? Is to just be like, look, here, I'm a movie star, but here is all the baggage that I bring with me. You know, it's not yeah. necessarily baggage. It's just here's here's everything about me as a you know, as a person who happens to be making movies. You know, as opposed to you know trying to fit a mold or you know because you got like like Rock Hudson, you know, or other you know other folks back in the you know I guess back in the heyday of um, of, of Hollywood, where like you said, management would actively try to uh, to sort of massage and control and produce this image. Um, that that corresponded in some weird way to what the uh, to, to what they were trying to put on the on the screen, and I think like The Rock is sort of in that you know in that same sort of you know sort of thing, but it's not that his management is doing it; it's that he's doing it. I, I feel like there's I feel like there's some I feel like there's a, a disconnect between Dwayne Douglas Johnson as you know as the person and The Rock. As you know, as, as as is presented on on screen, and I know that there's an, probably an awful lot of bleed over uh, between the two, but I still feel I, like there's he's very carefully you know carefully curated um, in how he in how he goes about stuff. Yeah, I I, I think uh, I get a kick my 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 wife was at one point following uh. Matthew McConaughey, I think on Instagram or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, he's like made this switch over to where now he wants to be like the old sage or whatever. Like, no, you were just, you were a pretty boy. And like, nobody, mm -hmm. nobody wants your sage, like uh bull crap, you know, nobody's buying it. Well, uh, that's, that's the, I think that's a weird thing though, is that, um, you know, some, so like Matthew McConaughey. So, you know, I, I will freely admit that Matthew McConaughey is a handsome man and I am secure enough in my masculinity <laughs> to, to say, you know what? He's, you know, he's a handsome dude, you know, just like there's a whole list of people, you know, that I'm like, yep, yeah. he's a handsome guy. Um, but you know, th and that has, you know, that has led to, you know, a tremendous amount of opportunity in his life and, you know, a lot of experiences and, you know, being able to do an awful lot of, an awful lot of stuff. Um, I thought you were going to say do an awful lot of females, but yes. Well, you know, you know, good, good, <laughs> good for him. Good for him. Good for him. Um, but, you know, having, you know, having that large set of experiences doesn't, you know, it doesn't qualify you to, you know, to, to be a sage, right? You know, yeah. it's the sort of stuff we've, you know, we've talked about you know, separately from this is that, you know, all of the, all of the life experience that we have in, you know, trying to, communicate that to our kids, you know, what, what is it, is it even useful for them at this point? Um, you know, because, you know, I hate, hate to break it to you, but our, our life experiences, um, largely predate, you know, the internet and yeah. you know, well, not, not, not the internet, but the, you know, the large availability of internet on a phone, yeah. you know, it, it predates TikTok, it predates Facebook, yeah, the social media yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. And then it also at this point, you know, it has predated, the, you know, the, the odd and, you know, troubling rise of like chat GPT or other um, artificial intelligence or autonomous systems. And, you know, I, I know you and I have, you know, very strong feelings about 
the, the application and, yeah. and usage of, of machine learning systems. But, you know, all of our experience to this point has been in absentia of, um, of, of those things. And so, you know, me sitting down and, you know, telling my kids about, you know, well, you know, back when I was, you know, back, back when I would come home from school, um, you know, and hang out watching, you know, regular TV, you know, over the, yeah. you know, over the broadcast airwaves and, you know, going out and playing in the Creek or whatever, you know, yes. How does, but how does that apply to, you know, kids living in the suburbs, you know, with the internet in their yeah. hand and, you know, AI assistance trying to, you know, back when every, you know, and we talked about that, every mistake we, we made wasn't forever captured by, you know, silicon in a yeah. server farm. How, what, how does our experience even help prepare, you know, kids yeah. for that? I, I struggled as an educator, you know, educating engineers. I struggle a lot with that. Actually, the, my wife, you know, on the faculty Senate over here and they had the chat GPT discussion. And it's hilarious. It's split right down the middle. You have like the provost who's saying, you know, I just use chat GPT to make the, you know, to make my own syllabus or whatever, make the, the presentation today, but it's split. And you have like professors like, Oh, I encourage all my students to use chat GPT, which is like on the engineering side of the farm. And then you have liberal arts people. It's like, Absolutely no, never. Chat GPT's super cheating and banned from all of my assignments or whatnot. And uh, I think a huge piece of that comes down to people not knowing the difference between information and knowledge. Yeah. Well, data information and knowledge, right? I mean, those are yeah, yeah, th- three, three different things, three separate things. So on the engineering side, if you know, if ChatGPT is an effective tool to to communicate, you know, the, the, you know, engineering, you know, the the paradigm of, of of an engineer is solving the problem, right? Yeah, that's it's we not solve communicating it, right? Yeah, yeah it's it's it, you know, so uh, and it's it's difficult for for engineers to to solve a problem and then communicate not only how they solved it but the importance of solving it in a in an efficient manner, right? It's it's difficult for for engineers to say, you know, this is why what I'm doing is important. This is how I did it. And then this is, you know, this is why I should continue to get funding uh, to, to you know, continue to work on this. So, you know, I could see where the engineering faculty would be like, yes, anything that helps our students not be, you know, socially awkward weirdos, you know, let's, let's bring it in. Newsflash, it's not going to help. It's just, you know, it's not, it's going to make it worse because they, they need, to, they need to, to flex those interaction muscles. And if they're just, I, if they're just yeah. having chat GPT, write the, reports and emails for them no no that, that that's that's a, you you and you mentioned a very interesting thing and i i use that similar analogy of flexing the muscles uh you know why should you learn how to do arithmetic at all anymore yeah. your phone you always have your phone it's got a calculator you don't even need it to type the numbers you can say it and it will do yeah. text to numbers you sound just like my kids you know. Yeah, well, that my kids make that argument. Yeah, and uh, you know, my riposte is, uh, you know, doing bicep curls did not help Michael Jordan slam dunk a basketball. That isn't the movement. The movement of doing a bicep curl, but the strength that that built helped him get up there and do it. 
Like yeah. you're, you're and, working and, and, out the, yeah. And your kids are like, who's Michael Jordan? It's like, is he the dude that plays like Creed or something? And it was yeah, like, no. no, no. Kill, Killmonger. He was Killmonger. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that's got to be confusing though, to be Michael Jordan and then, you know, or to, to be Michael Jordan, they'd be like, crap, my name's Michael Jordan, but I can't just be Michael Jordan in movies. So I'll have to yeah. be Michael B. Jordan. So yeah, yeah that's not, you know, that's not it's, weird it's, a, it's better than being Michael Bolton, I well, suppose. Yeah. Well, so, and then Michael, <laughs> or, uh, Michael Keaton, right? So Michael yeah. Keaton uh, was, I think his, his actual birth name is Michael Douglas. And of course, when he got to Hollywood, there's already Michael yeah. Douglas. And so yeah. he's like, well, crap, I got to be someone else now. So he's Michael Keaton, which is fine. Michael Keaton somehow suits him better. Um, but, you know, on, on the other side, though, from, you know, so you got the engineers who do all this, you know, stuff and yeah. try, don't know how to communicate it. Um, and chat GPT shows up and it's like, look, man, just throw us raw data and we'll communicate it for you. Okay, sure. Why not? But on the, you know, on the flip side, on the humanity side, where the entire goal is to teach people to communicate and then chat GPT shows up and says, you guys are completely unnecessary now uh, because you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm here to communicate everything for everybody and just assimilate soft knowledge and, you know, just shove it out yeah. the door. So I, I could see where the humanities would be, you know, I, I've, less, I've, less, less willing to embrace it. And me personally, I, I do not like, I don't like chucking, you know, the data and information into, you know, some kind of black box meat grinder. And it spits out this weird sausage that, you know, looks like knowledge, but is really, you know, it's not even disinformation. It's just more like a kludge of truthiness, you know, kind of held held together with innuendo. The Bards of Existence podcast is brought to you by TJ and Wes, two guys who just think the world is funny if you look hard enough for it. They haven't put together a website, web shop, or really a web presence yet. But please leave feedback with your favorite podcast provider and check back soon for the next episode. If you really want to get in touch with us, you can email us at was at bardsofexistence.com or tj at bardsofexistence.com.